right, okie doke, we're coming into uh, uh, to land. Just hope it's not a crash landing. Okay, we started off the day quite a long time ago. We're thinking about one of these, which was the kind of um, uh, response, my, my response. There should be some floating around in the pews, and we'll uh, use them a little bit later on as part of our closing worship, our sense of committing, recommitting ourselves uh, to God in a, a fresh way for the year that's uh, ahead. We've also thought about the principles or the foundational principles about the way that we work as a church, that it's the little things that each of us bring regularly that makes the big difference. It's the fact that we need to rely on the many and uh, not allow ourselves to become dependent upon uh, the few. And we reminded ourselves that it's celebration, community, and now this afternoon, calling And when those three things come together, we begin to get uh, an accelerated sense of growth. So I just want to look at the last one um, for uh, a few minutes to help us round this whole thing off. What is God asking of me? What is God asking of you this year? Our sense of calling comes in all kinds of different ways. But one of the problems with being called to something is that it can seem overwhelming, it can seem paralyzing, we don't know where to start. So I just want to break it down into into three chunks, to three little kind of uh, handles, if you like, that we can grab hold of to help us think what it means for me to say yes to what God's calling me to uh, through this coming uh, year. The first thing is to think about our time. Uh, about our time. Now, we don't all have lots of time. Perhaps most of us probably think we don't have uh, very much time. And time is one of those uh, things that particularly, it is particularly true that the little and rhythmic use of it changes things over uh, a period. And all our time is different. Some of us have time in the middle of the night because we are awake. Some of us have time in the middle of the day. Some of us have time in the early morning or the late afternoon. Some of us have the same chunks of time every week. Some of us have very different schedules and rhythms and have quite different blocks and periods of time. So we are moving well away from a church that, that sets out certain time brackets within which you need to fulfill something or do something in order to belong. So, for example, um, uh, many of us were brought up in churches that had a Sunday morning service and a midweek Bible study meeting. You with me? Or a prayer meeting or something, and it was always on a... But it was always on, wherever you were, your set time. And so your, your, your sense of commitment to the whole was boxed into a certain time frame. You with me? So you would tick the Sunday morning and you would tick the Tuesday evening or Thursday evening or whatever it was as kind of a way that you were expressing that you're responding to God's call. As God's been leading us, we're trying to break all of that down because what God is calling you to in terms of the use of your time will be different to the person next to you. And in that sense, it's harder because we have to work it out for ourselves what God is asking us in terms of our uh, commitment. Now, there are some ways in which we're framing it. We're framing um, Sunday celebrations 
on the first Sunday and on the third Sunday to be all-in moments, the kind of non-negotiable. We will move heaven and earth. We will, I don't understand where that saying comes from. We will move hell and high water. I don't understand that phrase either. We will move anything that gets in our way to, to prioritize those Sundays because as we talked about at the beginning of our time, that sense of us all being together is really important, isn't it? And then on those other Sundays when perhaps we're here, but some people are in, uh, doing something within their communities, that's kind of cool too, because we know where they are, we know what they're doing, and there is that sense of, uh, of us all being together. So there is a little bit of time framing in terms of, of, of what we do in our shared life together. And of course, there needs to be shared times and shared rhythms for the whole thing to work. Yeah, if, if your family, uh, if you all have your evening meal whenever you want to have it, then it doesn't function in the way an evening meal should. So there are clearly moments for you as a community when you're all in, when, you, when you've all got to get there together, uh, Sunday mornings when we've all got to get here together and so on. But beyond that, how we organize our community life, how we organize our rhythms of meeting our people of peace, of drawing them into community, of having meals in our own homes where we're inviting other people in, in a way, that's all up for grabs. And uh, uh, it's harder, in a sense, because we have to each work it out for ourselves, but it's much more flexible and accessible, we hope, as a result. So when we think about what God is asking, what God is calling me to, how does God want me to use my time through this next season, this next 12 months, however you, you tend to think about the next kind of um, space or period. And then the next thing uh, is your talents. And we've all got talents. We've all got skills, abilities. We've all got uh, things that are true of us that aren't true of the people sitting next to us. So we've all got things that we particularly bring to the table that other people cannot bring, even if they wanted uh, to bring it. So well, what, are, what are your talents? What are the things that you bring to the table that the person sitting next to you can't? What are the things that you're able to achieve, support, help, create, enable to flourish in this wider community that other people can't do? And one of the, the freeing things, going back to the woman who anointed Jesus' feet, who was remembered for doing what she could... Sometimes in church life, we have people trying to do things that they're not particularly comfortable with because they're just desperate to serve and they want to see the whole thing flourish. Uh, and what we really need to help one another do is to find our sweet spots with the things that come naturally and easiest to us, the things that God is most placed in us, come to the fore, we offer those in the certain confidence that the person next to me is going to offer that which for them comes naturally and comes to the fore. And so together we all flourish because we're leaning into the things that God has given us. There is a, another thing though that we need to think about in terms of what our talents might be and how we might deploy them. And that's the parable of the talents that Jesus told. In church life, if you have a gift, we typically place almost all our emphasis on you using that gift because you have it to the best of your ability. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what we haven't emphasized, anything like as much as perhaps we should or we could, is that if God has given you a gift, you an ability, you a talent, it is not your responsibility simply to use it for God's glory, that is putting your talent in the ground. The story of the talents was about seeing the talent multiplied. It wasn't about the fruit so much as the talent itself being multiplied. And we need to 
encourage one another to create a culture, a discipling culture. Again, it all comes around in an apprentice, a kind of an environment that we're, we're, we're always kind of bringing someone else along. People are being apprenticed into the things that we have a level of competence, skill, or expertise. So it suddenly gets more complicated, doesn't it? It's not just about you being good at what you do, but it's about who are you going to help to also now be good at what you do? Because it's only you that can help them be good at it. And that sense of, of helping people learn, not just in a classroom, but in an apprenticeship environment, coming alongside you, and so on, is super important. So as you're thinking about your talents, and you're thinking about what God's asking of you, in order for this whole thing that we call Burlington, that's part of God's kingdom life, to work, what is God asking of you? And what have you got that you really need to help someone else to grow in? Because otherwise... What we perpetuate is the, is the panic moments in church life. We all know the panic moments, don't we? You know, so-and-so has single-handedly run the Sunday school for 172 years. And to everyone's surprise, they're stepping down. <gasps> what are we going to do? And the first time we've thought about who's going to do it next is when the person who's currently doing it stops doing what they're doing. And we see that perpetuated over and over again in all kinds of contexts, don't we? Because we haven't been very good collectively, are thinking about what am I passing on? Uh, um, a kind of a church environment in, that has particularly influenced me a few years ago was, had this rule that you could never start something unless you had an apprentice with you. I kind of think, well, we'd never start anything. <laughs> you know. But, but it's a really powerful challenge, isn't it? But if you're going to start something, if you're going to, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, have you got someone who is beginning to learn along? Side you. Now that creates all kinds of challenges and difficulties because you look around and think everybody's busy, nobody's got time. That's why we've got to work all this out together uh, and we believe in the kingdom and the purpose of God that they uh, come together in uh, uh, a remarkable way. The third thing um, is, our, is our tithe, our first fruits. The thing that we most naturally obviously think about when we talk about the tithe is our money. But the tithe is a principle that's much bigger than money. It's basically like God's given you everything. So make sure you deliberately give the first 10% back to him as a way of acknowledging that it all comes from God. And that is true about our, our money. And as we think about how our life together works, money is an important part of that. It's an important part of the family conversation. And uh, you'll know that in recent days, we had some unexpected and unforeseen challenges with our finances as a church. And as a result, this year, we're, uh, uh, we were looking for a 6% uh, increase in our, in our giving. And uh, we wrote uh, a few months ago to say that we were heading towards that, but we hadn't reached that yet. Uh, and this is, uh, again, it's not about a few people. It's about the, the amazing way that if each of us do just a little bit, something exponential happens. And uh, uh, the generosity of this church community has been utterly remarkable over the years, as I uh, was talking about and celebrating uh, earlier on uh, this morning. But the danger is, with all of these things, we think, oh, just tweaking it a little bit, that doesn't really make any difference. It does. Tweaking it a little bit makes a massive difference, because you tweak it not just once, but perhaps over a period of time. It's that five loaves and two fish. It's almost inconsequential. If we need a 6% increase for the funding of this uh, uh, church and all the money that we give away and so on, it's easy to think, well, there's nothing. 
What I, what I could do is nothing. What you could do is everything. So important that we, that we value the loaves and fish that God has given us and we uh, regard that as part of our sense of belonging, our sense of commitment, and, and so on and uh, so forth. And as soon as we're talking about money, um, uh, uh, lots of you uh, give by standing order. That really helps us. If you do pay tax and we're not able yet to claim the gift aid back, then a very simple form helps us do that and we can get some money off the government, which is always a nice thing. That feels kind of good, doesn't it? I think. So we need all three of these things is, is part of my sense of calling. We might have celebration and we might have community, but unless I, you, we go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my calling into this, the sense of who I am, the sense of what God has given me. The whole thing goes, the whole thing falls completely flat. So in that sense, it's dependent on all of us, and in that sense, it's dependent on each one of us. And hopefully that's kind of what we've um, been able to uh, illustrate, communicate, and uh, celebrate through uh, today. We need all three. Here we go, remember that? You know when he first saw that? That was still this same day, you know that, don't you? It wasn't like last week or a fortnight ago. That was today. Gosh, it's been a long day. When those three things come together, something unique begins to take place. And we see glimpses of it all over the shop, of those three things coming together. And if we could bring those three things together, just perhaps 1%, marginal gain, 1% in each area, then we would begin to see a growth that's bigger than the sum of its individual parts. If, if we have celebration, but we don't have community, we, we will die. Churches have been illustrating that for the last 50 years. That, that's, just, that's just what will happen. You don't need to be a futurologist to work that out. If you have community, but you don't have celebration, and, and quite a few movements have tried that, if you just have isolated communities, they rarely survive. They go through a short burst or, uh, and maybe that could last for multiple years, even a decade or so, when they seem reasonably strong and successful. But unless those individual communities are in some way connected to a broader whole, unless there's a tribe that's around the clan, the clan rarely survives long term. And if you take a coal out of the fire, for all the illustration, it soon dies and so on. So if, 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 we, don't, if, we, if we have community and we don't keep celebration as part of a balance to that community, then eventually our community life will wither and die. And without that sense of calling that we're talking about this afternoon, we won't get either of them anyway. And so they're all super dependent on each other, and they all rub off on one another. And when one's working well, it encourages the other two to work well, and so on and so forth. Uh, And that's what we're chasing down. That sense that together, with our five loaves and our two fish, we can achieve something way, way greater than what we could even think was imaginable when the 5,000 get fed. Time, talents, tithe, our sense of calling, celebration, community, and calling coming uh, together. You guys doing okay? Have you been on a bouncy castle? Was it good? Was it a good bouncy castle? Was, it was a good bouncy castle. Good. We did good. just like his mum I've got to go home so
Let's extend this for as long as possible. <laughs> Maybe she'll forget. Okay, what we want to do for the next just 15 minutes or so is to move into a time of kind of putting me, you, all of us, our sense our, our money where our mouth is, our sense of commitment that we're going to uh, say what we're going to do, that we're going to do what we're going to say. Uh, Claire's going to help lead us. Then the kids are going to come back in just for the final uh, kind of five minutes or so, and uh, we'll listen to what they've done, and then we're going to get out into the rest of the day. If you are able to help at three o'clock, um, or possibly just before, we hope, uh, that would be really fantastic. Just for a few minutes, we can get the place looking less like Armageddon and more like a place that we'd want to welcome people back into uh, tomorrow morning. There's some food that you haven't quite eaten. So you can do one of two things. You can go in and eat it, or you can take it home or give it away or something. So we don't really want to leave any food here because it just goes to waste. So if you've brought some stuff and you particularly want to take what you've brought home, then do that. If someone else has brought something better than what you brought and you want to take that home, then you can do that instead, okay? Um, but we're going to do it with grace and truth. And I'm not sure if Chris was in when we said thank you. Chris, you've masterminded looking after us for lunch and stuff with a whole team of people we know. Thank you so much. One more thing to say, there are still a few names of young people to be prayed for. Please don't leave without taking one with you. Inspired by Mike Pilavacci and Sarah Richardson, we are going to have a time of waiting on God. I'm going to just give five minutes where we just are completely quiet. Joel's looking at me with daggers. Where we are just completely quiet. We've heard so much today. We've heard so much today from celebratory stuff through to challenge. Sometimes it's hard uh, to, to take stock before we rush into the day and back into whatever else we're doing beyond this. So we're going to have five minutes. Uh, I suggest you close your eyes so you're not distracted by people around you, but that's your choice. Where you just ask the question, what is God saying to me? And then what am I going to do about it? You've got your commitment cards that we gave you right at this morning. Uh, there's a few floating around. If not, I've got paper here if you'd prefer. And I'd just love us to spend some time filtering through all that we've heard today and really keying in. God, what are you saying? What one thing is really important for me about today and what am I going to do about it? So I'm going to pray and then we're just going to be still for five minutes. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all that's been brought today, for the many who've shared, for the encouragements, the things we're thankful for through to the challenges. But Holy Spirit, now as we wait, I ask Lord Jesus, you give us ears to hear. Help us to know what you're saying to us today, so that when we walk from this place, we know what to do. Speak, O oh Lord, we are listening. And now uh, we're going to take the pieces of paper we've given you. And uh, as the band come up, we're going to sing together in just a moment. Maybe you just want to write something down or write down, a, fill out that form. As we sing together a song that says, it's not just about my words and my mouth, all the thoughts of my heart, that we're all going to bless your name. I'm going to give you my all. So uh, stand when you're ready, having written things down. There's pens at the front if you haven't got one. Sue's got them there. And when you're ready, let's stand and use this song uh, to sing together. Are you ready? Sorry. 
So take a moment and just write down what you're going to put on that form or you can turn it over and just write something down that you think God is saying to you. No, there's probably some in the pews behind you, though, if you look in the pews. And let's sing together. When you're ready, stand. Uh, But make sure you write something down, because if you're anything like me, by tea time, it will be gone.